Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Pretty good weekend for the Twins, taking two out of three in Toronto, Jim, until uh, yesterday's game when, uh, you know, the bullpen came in, couldn't hold on to the lead after Joe Ryan had pitched pretty well. But it looks like the Twins are starting to score some runs at least. They are. Uh, I think Correa getting it going is a big deal. Yeah. Having a, a your veteran leader start to, to produce in clutch situations I think Royce Lewis has been a big boost. Kirilov's taking great at-bats when he takes the at-bat. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're still missing Gallo, Buxton, Polanco, three of their top five hitters. Yep. Uh, so the fact that they're starting to score runs without them and all of them should be back somewhat soon is probably all encouraging. Uh, Gallo's been hitting home runs at St. Paul. Walner's still performing well. It feels like they're getting back to having a good, large body of of productive hitters who might actually be ready to play well. Uh, I'm kind of I'm done with Kepler, but he yeah. did have a big homer this weekend, at least had one big swing. It feels like things are trending in the right direction. I thought the pitching was, in general, good enough in the, last, in the last week. They lost some close games, good teams. And, of course, you know, early in the season I'll say, hey, don't pretend that if the pitcher uses pitchers in if the, if the manager uses pitchers in a different order, that it would really be all that different a result. I thought yesterday was different. Pagan um, has been spectacular when he's been used in middle innings. He's been terrible when they put him in tough situations. Comes in a tough situation, gives up a three-run homer to lose the game. I would have I would have preferred to see Pagan pitch middle innings and then Moran and, and Jax pitch later innings. Yeah, it was kind of an order, and, and he's, uh, Baldelli explained we were short three relievers out there because of usage, and, you know, that's going to happen. And we always need to reiterate, because I still hear from my friends, you know, Rocco Pulse, the Twins, after four innings, their starters, that's not the case anymore. They're, what, no. second in baseball for starters' innings pitch. So it just, you know, it's going to happen once in a while. They're short on relievers. Yeah, and uh, I think that, you know, Lopez, if they can get Lopez back, going. Obviously, Thielbar goes back in the injury. That's not a good thing, but Moran has pitched well lately. If they can get Lopez going again, a lot of things fall into place. I also think that uh, you know Brock Stewart had pitched a lot, so they didn't use him in that situation yesterday. I'd kind of like to see Brock Stewart be the interim eighth inning guy while they're getting Lopez straightened out. Yeah. Uh, his stuff is so lively, uh, and he's had so much success this year. Uh, you never know if somebody's going to handle the pressure of that situation, but it might be time to try with him. A, a real interesting release point for Brock Stewart, too, that three-quarter arm that he yep. comes in with. It's got a lot of life at the end of it. Yeah, and I, I love the three-quarter release. You know, yep. listen, so, some pitchers just throw the way they throw, uh, yep. but if you could design a release point, I love the three-quarter. I think yep. you just impart more spin. I do, too. Uh, your guy, uh, well, I don't know if he's your guy necessarily, but you know it, Eric Gleeman, Aaron Gleeman from uh, The Athletic. I, I read him quite a bit, and he, he's done with Pagan. He's, he was uh, not happy with a, a tweet he sent out yesterday. Why Pagan? I, I don't quite, I'm paraphrasing, but it certainly looked like Gleeman has seen enough of, of Pagan. But, you know, what do you do? If you cut him, who's coming up? Uh, definitely not my guy. <laughs> um, but, I, and, I, and again, I think, if he, I mean, it's such an obvious thing here. Yeah. When Pagan has pitched in the middle innings, he's been spectacular. When they have said, okay, he's pitched well in the middle innings, let's put him in the eighth and or put him in a tough situation, he's been terrible. Um, you do need people to pitch in the sixth inning once in a while. Yeah. So I don't think there's somebody I, – I, I would absolutely stop using him in high-leverage situations. And in late – I don't want to see him in any more late-inning 
close game situations. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean he can't play a role. You do need people to pitch in the sixth inning sometimes. Do you feel like um, players that have bad at-bats or make base-running blunders or what have you, are they held accountable by Rocco Baldelli? I was reading uh, Chris Shad, I think his name is, in Sports Illustrated, and he's kind of indicating that it's, you know, uh, that it's that there's not that much accountability going on in the Twins locker room. Uh, you know, I just think there's a mis. I think so many people think football is baseball, mm. where if you make a mistake on the field, you come off, and a position coach starts screaming in your face. Mm. Uh, it just doesn't really work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the word accountability is also kind of a dicey word for me. To me, it's a talk. It's not that we don't do talk radio, but right. it's kind of a talk. It's a talk. Oh, need to be accountable. Yeah. Well, you know what? If, they, if you make enough mistakes, you're going to get demoted or, or released. You know, that's the accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've heard from Tom, you know, listen, I've, I've covered four managers extensively. Tom Kelly, Ron Gardner, Paul Molitor, Rocco Baldelli. Mm-hmm. Four completely different personalities, completely different backgrounds, completely different views on some basic baseball stuff. And, you know, what they all, all told me was, yeah, you do talk to players, but you don't talk to everybody about every mistake every day. You'd yeah. be, you know, it, everybody would hate you. <laughs> right, right. And, you would lose your, and you'd lose your fastball. I mean, if, if you're the guy walking around going, God, you, you know, you should have done that, you should have it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, if if they think, like if somebody makes an, a mistake and they know they made a mistake, you don't really need to talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. If somebody makes a mistake and a teammate, you know, if Correa or, or Buxton comes, goes up to him and handles it. I mean, Ke- Kelly was thought of as a uh, a an authoritarian figure because he had a gruff personality. Mm-hmm. But Puckett and Herbeck handled his business for him. Yeah. He didn't go yell at players. His The guys he trusted... Uh, handled it for him. You know, Paul Molitor would have a quiet word with him maybe a day or two later. And I think that's where Baldelli is. It's like he will, if he feels like something needs to be corrected, or approach needs to be corrected, he does talk to these guys. Mm. But it's not its not standing at the top step of the dugout yelling at people. That's not the way baseball really works. Yeah. And and anytime you hear about a, a, a you, you hear about team meetings in baseball because they're so rare. They don't really yep. have those that often. It's a yeah. It's an individual sport played as a team, so they talk to him individually, right? Yes, yeah. and they and so sometimes Baldelli has the conversation. You know what Baldelli tries to have conversations like the next day or the day after mm-hmm. uh, something happens, if something needs to be corrected, and he tries to have it in a constructive way. So he'll mm-hmm. call somebody in his office and sit and chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a you know he he. He wants to be a good boss, let's put it that way. Yeah. And that's the way I've and, – and I think the only difference between the four in terms of dealing with players in that regard was Guardy was more emotional, mm-hmm. uh, so he might yet tell his, one of his coaches, hey, go, go you know, straighten him out right now. Yeah. So, and it, it depends on the mistake, too. Some mistakes need to be corrected immediately. Some are more philosophical. Some are better if you wait a day and let the guy cool off. I mean, it's just – you know, but what drives me crazy is so many people who, who, and many people in our business who follow baseball think it needs to all look like football. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so Kirloff gets called out on a pitch clock violation. I think that's what you were referencing a little bit uh, earlier. Yeah. What he said when he actually gets the at bat, and and we've seen that taking two guys on, uh, two outs in the inning, and it was you know. Rocco said they watched the video and it was very questionable whether that should have been uh, called at that point. Uh, umpires are still getting used to this too, I would think. 
but but gosh, I wish they'd take a little more of a breath in situations like that. It was a big situation, and I would rather see it not called. Mm-hmm. But you know, don't put an umpire in a situation where he can screw you over. Yeah. Uh, Kirilov had a timeout available to him, so Kirilov could have prevented that one or two ways. He could have called the timeout. If you're going to step out of the box and take any time at all, why not use your call time? I mean, two strikes might yep. be the last chance to use the timeout. Yep. Why not use the timeout and erase the possibility of that happening? Number two, you step into the box one second earlier, and it doesn't happen. You know, so this, to me, was the equivalent of a, a strike, uh, of taking a call third strike on a pitch that's half an inch off the plate. You can argue that the umpire missed the call, but don't you need to swing at that pitch? Don't you need to protect yourself? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless the umpire happens to be C.B. Buckner, then it's probably more than half an inch outside that he's calling it, <laughs> calling it a well, strike. Well, and the thing, I mean, if, if, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is if an umpire calls you out on a pitch that's four inches off the strike zone, it's the umpire's fault. If, the, if, you, if you don't swing at a pitch that's barely out of the strike zone with two strikes, then you're asking for it. Yeah, that's right. Hey, what a great story yesterday uh, at the RBC Canadian Open to have Nick Taylor. I mean, he almost missed the cut for crying out loud. He had such a poor round Thursday. Then he plays great for three days, gets right to the end, and to make a 72-foot eagle putt, what a way to finish it. The crowd just went wild. Amazing. Amazing that a Canadian made that putt to win it at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what, what a great scene. And I always say that, you know, the Canadians never win the Canadian Open because they're too polite. They don't want to you know, <laughs> right. offend their, anybody visiting their country. They would have to apologize endlessly if they won a tournament. They're, so it's yeah. nice to see a rude Canadian actually win the tournament. That's right. And they are so polite. I've been to Canada many times. They are the nicest people up there. That's Sorry. for sure. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.